Hark the bardic paladin Who sings and plays again He tells the tales of glory And weaves a magic story He'll join you at your table And ask you to share a fable Heroes of humble origin Villains who must be fought again No matter their skill or prowess The people in life are countless so we pray you heed our request. Enjoy this tale of sidekicks and sidequests. Episode 13 The Pantheon of the Dwarves. Welcome to Sidekicks and Sidequests, the Dungeons and Dragons podcast that helps to put humans back into humanity and breathe life into your campaign NPCs with backstory and bravado. That's right, we're building a world, one character at a time. I am your host, Kurt Krenwelge, the Bardic Paladin, and welcome to the Levitating Platter. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Sidekicks and SideQuests, the in-between week edition. I went to the polls on Reddit and Twitter and I sent out some hashtags trying to get some wider appeal from the community and asked what you wanted to hear this week. It was neck and neck between Laura Croft and uh, Homebrew Lore slash NPC and it looks like Homebrew won out again, squeaked by by one vote. So... I felt that I had great success when I discussed the pantheon of the human gods and that I was able to bring in the Asimar and the Tieflings along with it. In a similar situation, in my homebrew setting, Harmony, the dwarven gods are the ones responsible for the elements, earth, water, air, fire, and through them, they were able to create the dwarves, but then each of the different genasi from those elemental planes are also humans who were once patrons of those gods and fought for them and with them uh, during the Caesar in those planes. And so that's how I'm able to explain and uh, paint a more interesting picture between uh, these elemental gods. To go ahead and lay out the relationships, we have Aram and his wife Zahavi. We have Odella and her husband, Zalman. Then we have Zalman and Odella's child, Eshkel, daughter. And then the son of Aram and Zahavi is called Shir. And again, the parents in that relationship, each one of those parents has been entrusted with one of the corresponding elements. And so when I go into the explanation, I'll be able to provide those details. And again, uh, you'll hear some knowledge dropped in reference to the Genasi as well. So kind of a two for one, kind of like how we did the other week, where I guess technically we got a three for one uh, with the Pantheon of Humanity. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into the background homebrew lore of the Dwarven Gods. Aram, god of craftsmanship, stone, and mining. His alignment is neutral good, and he resides in Corum. His titles are the Cornerstone, the Hammer Strike. His symbol is a hammer striking a diamond atop an anvil. He is the husband of Zahavi, and he is the father of Shear. The Dwarven gods were formed at the Corum 
from when the Sator combined the four elements together to form them. The Sator charged Aram with forming the Kantu Humus, element of earth, and to bring earth and rock and minerals to all the Kantu where they begotten and their creation would live. The four prime dwarven gods combined their elemental forces together to bring forth the dwarven race. Humans who worshipped Aram at the Caesarea and fought in the Kantu Humus became the first earth genasi. After bringing about earth to all the realms, Aram began to build the Great Forge and master the art of jewelry making, metalsmithing, coinage, mining, and perfected the art of shaping stone. Zahavi brought a part of the first flame from the Kantu Ignis to ignite the Great Forge. Aram built the greatest weapons and armor for the dwarven gods as they strove to protect their Kantus from darkness and chaos. Aram proposed to Zahavi with a set of mixed mithril and adamantine plate, armor, shield, and sword, all inlaid with all the precious stones of the Kantukum. They were wed, and he sired their son, Shear. Aram taught his son, Shear, how to mint coins and to set gems into jewelry pieces. At the Caesarea, Aram had to defend Kantu Humus from completely collapsing and was unable to prevent the corruption of his son, Shear. He had to wound his son when Shear attempted to trick him into leaving Kantu Humus unguarded after his invisible son made an image of Zahavi appear, wounded. Shear retreated away, and after the conflict, Aram and Zahavi took comfort in the Sator at the loss of their son to darkness and chaos. Zahavi, goddess of combat and bravery. Her alignment is lawful good, and she resides in Korum. Her titles are the Bearded Woman, the Unbroken Shield. Her symbol is a white St. Andrew's cross on a blue shield. Like the other dwarves, she was formed at Kordom from the Sator. And the Sator charged Zahavi with forming the Kantu Ignis, element of fire, and to bring fire to all the Kantu where the Begotten and their creation would live. She joined with the other gods to help create the Dwarven race. And she was also responsible for changing those humans who fought and worshipped her in the Kantu Ignis to become the first fire genasi. She has a long, beautiful, and braided beard without the mustache, and set the precedent as to why beards are valued and important in Dwarven culture for men and women alike. She has a fiery temper and is no-nonsense. She and Odella sometimes don't see eye-to-eye, eye, but they are best friends. It was the calm and loving dedication that Aram showed Zahavi that proved to her that he was meant to be her husband. They were wed, and she bore Sheer, her son. She taught Sheer the ways of combat, though he did not share her views on tactics with her son, preferring subterfuge and stealth, which she felt were not the proper means of battle. At the Caesarea, Zahavi had to defend Kantu Ignis from completely collapsing and was unable to prevent the corruption of her son Shear. Shear attempted to trick Zahavi by imitating Aram to lower her guard, but she was able to rebuke and repel Shear. Shear retreated away to attempt to deceive Aram after this, and after the conflict entirely, the Caesarea, Aram and Zahavi took comfort in the Sator at the loss of their son to darkness and chaos. Odella, goddess of art, beauty, agriculture, alcohol, and love and fertility. Her alignment is chaotic good and she resides in Corum. Her titles are the ever-fragrant Queen of the Abundant Chalice. Her symbol is a chalice entangled with grapevines. She is the wife of Zalman and the mother of Eshkol. She likewise was formed at the beginning at the Corum from the Sator, and she was charged by the Sator to form the Kantu Unda, the element of water, to bring water to all the Kantu, 
and she likewise participated in the process to create the dwarven race through the element of water. And she also was responsible for those humans who worshipped her and fought with her during the Caesarea to make them into the first water genasi. She chooses not to grow a beard unlike her friend and fellow goddess, Zahavi, but she does help Zahavi groom her beard and hair. Dwarven women will typically shave their faces in their younger years to emulate the goddess Odella to attract a mate. They will grow out their beards as they age and get married and grow in wisdom and understanding. Odella is a voluptuous dwarven woman. She is a master painter and musician and a maker of perfumes. She used her understanding of water to help teach the dwarves agriculture to grow a variety of crops. She also taught the dwarves how to brew the best alcohols. She also credits her brews responsible for her desirable figure, her charm, her wit, her personality. This is why drinking is also important in dwarven society, because it is responsible for not only matchmaking and trysts, but also for camaraderie, joy, love, and happiness. Because of her gift of song, she found herself enamored with Zalman, who was her perfect duet partner. Their gift of music brought them together. They were married, and she birthed a daughter, Eshkel. She raised Eshkel to sing beautifully and to learn in the ways of beauty. At the Caesarea, Odella had to defend Kantuunda from completely collapsing, was unable to prevent the corruption of her daughter Eshkel. Odella saw how her once beautiful offspring was now bloated and distorted by trying to feed off the power of magic in Unda, doubling her size and strength. Odella was able to summon her full might and wound her daughter to prevent her from bringing Kantuunda to ruin. Eshkel retreated, and after the conflict, Odella and Zalman likewise took comfort in the Satur at the loss of their daughter. Zalman, god of honor, speech, knowledge, and arcana. His alignment is lawful good, and he resides in Corum. His titles are the Sonorous Herald, Face of Flint. His symbol is a ram's blowhorn. He is the husband of Odella, and he's the father of Eshkel. Again, he was formed at the Corum, like all the other prime dwarven gods, and he was charged by the Satur to form Kantu Aura, the element of air, and to bring air to all the Kantus. And again, he breathed life into the lungs of the first dwarf when all the other dwarven gods combined their powers to make the dwarves. And those humans that followed him and worshipped him in the Kantu aura became the first Air Janasi. His loud and gorgeous bass echoed in the deep caverns and mountains of the dwarves. This is the voice that wooed Odella to become his wife. Zalman is also responsible for teaching the dwarven language to their creation. Zalman is also the influence behind the ways dwarves will carefully speak and always consider honor and their word as a sacred bond. Because of his gift of song, Zalman was also highly proficient in the arcane arts. Zalman and Odella married, and he sired a daughter, Eshkel. He raised Eshkel to sing beautifully and to learn in the ways of magic. He was impressed at the level of skill that his daughter showed. At the Caesarea, Zalman had to defend Kantu Aura from completely collapsing and was unable to prevent the corruption of his daughter. Zalman had to duel his daughter and watched how she initially transformed from the once beautiful offspring and was now bloated and distorted as she began to feed off the power of magic in Kantu Aura. However, her level of skill in magic was not as great as her father and her father was easily able to repel her from the Kantu Aura. Eshkel then went to confront her mother, Odella, in the Kantu Unda to absorb more magic. And after the conflict, Odella and Zalman took comfort in the Satur at the loss of their daughter. Sheer, god of trickery and greed. He is one of the corrupted, one of the dissonant. His alignment is 
chaotic evil, and he resides in Avaritia, the fourth circle, the circle of greed. His titles are the Deceiver, the Mad Miser. His symbol is a double-sided coin. He is the husband of Eshkol, and he is the son of Aram and Zahabi. Born the son of the great smith and the great soldier, Sheer learned skills from both of his parents. He had always been slightly mischievous as a child to the chagrin of his parents. He and Eshkol were destined to be united together, but both were not overly keen about the idea while growing up. However, Sheer found Eshkol to reflect her mother Odella's beauty as she grew, and they were married, destined to continue on with the mantle of leadership among the Dwarven gods. Soon, darkness and chaos whispered to Sheer and corrupted his ideas about the wealth that his father had access to but did not lord over their Dwarven creation. He decided he was going to unseat his father and take his place in the hierarchy of the Dwarven gods and enslave Dwarvenkind. He discovered that his wife had been struggling with jealousy toward the level of power her parents wielded and desired to strip them of their powers. Together, they planned to attack their parents on each of their elemental kantu in an attempt to collapse them and gain their powers. Sheer tried to overcome Zahavi first, and then Aram, but he was unable to best either of them. So he retreated with Eshkol to the depths of the Underdark, with the dwarves who followed them during the Caesar to become the Dwargar. Soon after, the Sator banished them to the Circles of Hell. Since becoming part of the Dissonant, he became gangly, disheveled, in hair and beard, and his skin darkened and turned to gray. He is responsible for the racial ability of Dwargar being able to turn invisible for a short amount of time. Eshkol, goddess of arcana, lust, and power. She is corrupted, one of the dissonant. Her alignment is lawful evil. She resides in Avaritia, the fourth circle, the circle of greed. Her titles are the flaying mistress, the orchid tyrant. Her symbol is a bloody purple mace. She is the wife of Sheer, and she is the daughter of Zalman and Odella. Born of the beauty of body and the beauty of soul, Eshkol inherited a beautiful singing voice from her parents and was willowy growing up. Eshkol was intelligent and cunning, a quick learner, eager to please her parents and excelling their expectations. She and Sheer were destined to be united together, but neither were overjoyed with the prospect of growing up. However, as the young gods matured, Sheer and Eshkol were married and continued their training to take the mantle of leadership from their parents among the dwarven gods. Soon, darkness and chaos whispered to Eshkol and corrupted her ideas about the level of power she truly wielded. With her ambition perverted to unseat both of her parents, dethrone the remaining gods, and enslave dwarves to do her bidding. Sheer soon shared his plans of power and wealth, and the pair committed to betraying their parents and consuming their might. They planned to attack their parents on each of the elemental kantu in an attempt to collapse them and gain their powers. Eshkol tried to overcome Zalman first, and then her mother Odella, but she was unable to best either of them, though she fared better than her husband Sheer. She retreated with Sheer to the depths of the Underdark with the dwarves who followed them, and they would make them into the Dwargar. Soon after, the Sator banished them to the Hells, and since becoming part of the Dissonant, she has gained a fat, bulbous form with a pot belly, wispy beard, and darkened gray skin as she began to feed on magic with a voracious appetite. She is responsible for the racial ability of Dwargar to be able to increase their size and strength for a short amount of time. So before I conclude this episode, I think it's only fitting then that I perhaps explain 
and give a peek and insight maybe more into each of those contu that I talked about. So maybe we can give some more flavor and paint a picture of the domains that each of them commands. So contu aura, element of air. This is the plane that the Sator charged Zalman with leading the creation efforts of, where the winds are endless and flowing. There are floating islands with earth and water which exist for the denizens of this plane to live and work at the heart of this contour is a glass-like pyramid with swirling clouds within, around a brilliant sapphire gem called the Spiritus Vitae. At the Caesar, there were sections of this realm that became eternal, fierce, raging hurricanes and tornadoes. These were the battle sites of Eshkol, Ina, and Zalman. You can find Air Genasi and Sky Elves who formed massive flying cities. Picture in your head Columbia from the video game Bioshock Infinite. Tribal Arakokra. Air elementals, cloud giants, griffins, hippogriffs, pegasus, and other kinds of flying creatures. Kenku originally come from this plane, but they were banished and cursed for Kuth, a trickster and charlatan of his people, who helped Eshkol to navigate Kantu Ora during the Caesar and her confrontation with her father Zalman, and to a lesser but equally important extent against Ina. Quoth was made into a demigod by Eshkol, but the corruption of her powers in and through Quoth caused the downfall of the Kenku species. Kantuunda, Element of Earth. This is the plane of existence that the Sator charged Odella with creating, where the waters are endless and flowing. There are islands which exist for the denizens of this plane to live and work upon. At the heart of this Kantu is the Agate of Lacus, a stone which houses the Primum Lacrime Gaudium, an emerald which eternally releases water. At the Caesarea, there were sections of this realm that became eternal, fierce, raging hurricanes, typhoons, maelstroms, Water spouts, thunderstorms. Picture these as you imagine them being battle sites for Eshka, Hoki, Indra, and Odella. You can find water genasi and sea elves, tritons, mermaids, turtles, zaratans, dragon turtles, lizard folk, frogmen, sea creatures, water elementals, storm giants, all kinds of those types living here. Mixes of island cultures, underwater metropolises, flotillas, and cities on supports. Again, I'm drawing inspiration from the planet Camino from Star Wars Episode 2 Attack of the Clones. Hoki was born into this plane, and he has living creatures who dwell upon his shell. The god of the mermaids and tritons, Indra, resides here as well. And Hoki is one of the draconic gods. He's basically a giant Zaraten world turtle, giant dragon turtle god, essentially. Kantu Ignis, the element of fire. This is... Again, Zahavi's plane that she was in charge of, where the fires are radiating and burning. There are sections of solid ground, water and air here, but there are lakes of and oceans of fire, rivers of lava, and volcanoes. And there is an increased temperature in this plane of existence. At the heart of this contu is the first flame, which emanates from a gigantic ruby inside a molten core surrounding it. Fire Genasi, Fire Elementals, Fire Giants, Salamanders, Azar, Efridi, etc. all live here. The deadliest parts of this contu were the battle sites from the Caesarea where Sheer battled Zahavi. Maelstroms of lava and fire. Where you will find Efridi and salamanders and other evil creatures living around those corrupted parts within their own civilizations. The Azer were the dwarves who followed Zahavi to live and serve Zahavi as her forces. A sizable tiefling population also lives here as well, post Caesarea. Contu Humus, element of earth, the Sator charged Aram with the creation of this plane where the earth is firm and strong. It is a land dominated by soil, rock, stone, gems, crystals, and precious metals. 
a version of Cantu Vita without being truly being the mundane material world. At the heart of this Cantu is a perfectly spherical diamond called the Oculus Petrum, which forms the various minerals and earth from it. Earth Genasi, various earth elementals, stone giants call this place their home. The corrupted portions of this plane are jagged razor rocks, lava, and volcanoes, all battle sites of Shir and Aram. And this is where you will find evil creatures within this plane of existence. The Great Forge is located in Kantu Humus, still powered by a spark from the first flame, which has made legendary artifacts and weapons and armor for various gods, dwarven and otherwise, since Opsia was gravely injured and lost her might as a smith. Wow, so there you go. As I was uh, exploring the Kantu that each of the dwarven gods was in charge of, I found my other notes in there. So you you also got bonus information on Kenku and mermaids and tritons and Azer. I hope that this very extensive review of both the dwarven gods and the contus that they are specifically in charge of were helpful and uh, eye-opening and perhaps gave you some insight into my way of thinking and uh, gave you inspiration that you could use in your home games and characters and whatnot. Certainly feel free to interact with me on social media. I don't buy it, I promise. So send me an email, tweet me, uh, make a post on Facebook, or make a post on Reddit, and I'd be happy to discuss this more. Uh, frankly, it blows me away. I am surprised, and I'm very thankful uh, that there are people who are interested in my homebrewed nonsense. It's nice to be able to be able to share this information and not just sit on it like a gold mine. It's nice to be able to have an outlet uh, for this information. Again, if it serves its purpose of inspiring you, whether you directly use it or you use that as a launching pad to come up with your own version of it or to do your own spin on the published materials that's out there by Wizards of the Coast, and I encourage it. And uh, I just hope that you'll let me know what you think of it and what you decide to do with it. Maybe it's dumb. Maybe it's cool. I don't know. I can't know until you let me know. <laughs> so yeah, I certainly would appreciate it. And without much more left in the episode to talk about, I will go ahead and start getting that next guest interview ready. And I hope to talk to you on social media and by email. And if you or someone you know would love to be a guest on this show, tell them to send me an email. We'll make it work. Uh, you don't have to be an expert on D&D in order to be a guest on this show. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. Thank you for wanting to hear more about Harmony. It makes me happy. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sidekicks and Sidequests. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast through Apple Podcast, Google Play, and Overcast, or feel free to save the RSS feed to use the app of your choice. Visit our website, https colon forward slash forward slash sidekicksandsidequests.com for links, write-ups of the NPCs, and to learn more about the podcast. To stay up to date and share your fan creations, you can like and follow the podcast on social media by searching for at Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. The podcast is also on Reddit, so join our subreddit community at r slash Podcast to share your art, stories, discussions, and commentary. If you'd like to hail the bard, send an email to sidekicksandsidequests, all one word, at gmail.com. 
I ask that you please leave an honest review on iTunes to help spread the word about the show. Sidekicks and SideQuests is unofficial fan content permitted under the fan content policy, meaning I'm not approved or endorsed by Wizards. Portions of the materials used are property of Wizards of the Coast. Copyright Wizards of the Coast LLC. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you at the pub next time. Bar to rock on one, two, one, two, three, four!